Everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Felt a great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, I got a job for me. Meet me. Where's the goodies? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Hi, this is Alan Alda, and you're listening to Everything Old is New Again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Hi, my name is Paul Dooley. I am an actor, and you're listening to Everything New is Old Again. No, Everything Old is New Again. Ah, welcome to Everything Old is New Again. Now that you've heard that a million times, uh, we are starting the show bright and early here and having a great time. We're going to have a great time with a topic that is near and dear to many of our hearts, including myself. Uh, this is Douglas Viviani. David Cohen is not going to be able to be here today, but serving as our substitute, if you will, guest hosts, we have two individuals who have produced a, a work that I think is well worth your time to investigate and read, and I'm telling you, we're going to dive into the haunted Long Island mysteries with award-winning author and historian Carrie Ann Flanagan-Broski, along with medium and paranormal investigator Joe Giaquinto. They've teamed up uh, a number of times and produced some interesting, thought-provoking books that have now just come out. I mean, the latest, of which has just now come out, Haunted Long Island Mysteries. Uh, there are others, Ghosts of Long Island, Ghosts of Long Island 2, Stories of the Paranormal, Historic Haunts of Long Island, Historic Crimes of Long Island, and there's more. We will uh, dive into that. Uh, uh, right now with uh, with Carrie Ann and Joe in a moment, but take a moment to write down, jog down, remember, ghostoflongisland.com, ghostoflongisland.com, where you can get a copy of this book. I'm telling you, you're going to uh, want to do this. They're going to explain why in a moment. But first, uh, Carrie Ann and Joe, welcome to Everything All is New Again. Hello, Douglas. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate being here. It's my pleasure. My daughter and I, uh, first of all, Carrie Ann, if we go, we, we do go back to, I believe, the first year of Everything Old is we New do. Again. Yep. And yep. Uh, and we've been uh, friendly ever since. And it's been a, a, a nice uh, break here, but we've missed you. Let's put it that way. So we're, we're oh, certainly happy you. to have you back. It's always, it's always fun to be on your show. It's, it's just a great show that a great thing you have going there doug i appreciate that thank you so much and just for the listeners in case you want to take a look at the prior uh show you can look up look it up on our website everything old is new again dot biz that's everything old is new again dot biz all right enough of the promotions let's get into it carrie ann what is the point of these field investigations that you do and what do you hope to achieve great question because this is very different than what people see on television you know, when I go out and lecture, people will come up to me and say, I just saw a paranormal activity. Is that what you do? So I like to take, Joe and I both like to take the creepiness out of what we do. We're not seeing blood dripping down walls and things, ladies in white coming after us with a knife. It's, <laughs> it's just not like what you see on TV. It's not Hollywood. What we do is very spiritual. So there's actually two aspects to this. Um, I'm a historian. And preserving the history on Long Island is very important to me. And I'd like to try to show, first of all, that Long Island is more than the Amityville horror. It's a place rich in history, especially our 
Native American past and the Revolutionary War. So in all of the books, there's that common theme that runs throughout. And I really delve into the research. So people are reading about history, but a better way to learn about local history than through a ghost story. So that's one aspect of the book. It's a way of teaching local history and hope and helping to preserve it. But then as Joe and I have done uh, these books over the years, we've been working together uh, for 15, 16 years now, it's become more spiritual. So I've had people come up to me and say, I, you know, I believe in life after death now. I believe that communication with the spirits is possible. And what we do, we stay on the positive side of, communi- of spiritual communication. We don't go into anything that's negative or demonic in nature. We don't try to get people to cross over to the other side, but we do concentrate on positive spiritual communication. And we've had some amazing results. So it's really a two, two part thing going on here with the book, with the history and the spiritual aspects. And part of the investigation involves uh, Joe, who is an investigator and a medium. So Joe, tell us a little bit about what your role is in the investigations. And by the way, when we say investigations, you're going obviously to specific locations that you know there's been some history there as well. Mm -hmm. So Joe, what do you do when you you arrive and what's your function, let's say, in the investigation? Well, that's a great question, Doug. Um, Initially, when Carrie Ann started, we started the first book project, Ghosts of Long Island, book one. we would go in together and we would have all the research ahead of us. And we were going mostly as I was going in as a ghost investigator. So kind of what you see on TV, listening uh, EVPs or electronic voice phenomena, ghost recordings, or um, feeling energy, uh, seeing if the ghost meter, which is a device that when the magnetic field is altered, uh, it, it beeps or lights up. And so that I was more of like the Ghostbuster that you would see on TV, so to speak. Although I didn't have the proton pack like Bill Murray would have. <laughs> um, but as uh, Carrie mentioned, as we went on to become a more spiritual event and I started developing some of my mediumship abilities, uh, I went in more as a medium and Carrie would then not tell me anything about the haunting phenomena. So she would want to see what I got. For example, when we were at the Smith State in Ridge, uh, which is off a Longwood uh, Road there, the first thing I felt was I said to the director there, I said, uh, who is the man in black? It kind of surprised her because that was one of the ghosts that people had been seeing there. If, if Carrie Ann had told me ahead of time uh, th- that there was this man in black, the people, then I wouldn't really have that ability to try to get that. So I think going in as as more of a medium psychic, trying to feel the energy and see what I'm getting first, and then Carrie Ann doing the reveal later, uh, gives me the opportunity to validate her research and also any paranormal phenomena that's been experienced there. Okay, so before you go in or as you go in, you have the GPS direction to the location and that's it. Is that what we're saying, basically? Pretty much, yeah. In fact, uh, there's one, Carrie Ann, remember that when we went to Smithtown to uh, Michael's story? Mm-hmm. One of right. previous yes. books. Uh, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even know where the place was located. I had no GPS going, and uh, I was just following her SUV. And we got there. I stopped to, I asked if I could make a rest stop there because we'd been driving around for a while. I had a few appointments. And as soon as I left the group who was setting up the interview in the kitchen and went into the room, uh, uh, I heard this man's voice said, my name is Michael, clear as a bell, as if you and I were just speaking right now on the air. When I went into the kitchen, I said, who's Michael? And he said, 
that's our son who passed. That's what the story is about. He haunts our house. So had I been, again, told previously about it, uh, I, I wouldn't have had that ability, that beautiful revelation and to validate that Michael was actually there and talking to us. Well, that's amazing. We're going to dive into that a little bit more. But before we do, let's listen to a little bit of a, of a clip here of an actual uh, event in the Mill Ridge Inn here on Long Island. Uh, let's listen to this and we'll investigate this in a moment. Elena, you want to say hello to them? Hello, Spirit. I think I heard Elena. We had gotten energy. Is it from the little girl? In the garden room? Me. Me. Is the little girl that got burned in the fire with us today? I think she said hi. Are you here with us? Okay, a little hard to hear, but we can investigate that a little further here. There's uh, a story behind that. Tell us uh, uh, what we were listening to there. That, that was actually the first investigation for the new book. So that was back in 2019. And um, Elena is the banquet manager, and she had a lot of experiences. And um, what makes this book also interesting, I think, is that I take the reader on the actual journey of what it's like for us to do these investigations and to interview these people. So when you read the book, you will be following along. It's not just straight history. And then, all right, this is what happened, you know, in a, from a paranormal standpoint. You read the interview with the people that we're talking to. So Elena is one of those people that you could read the interview. But what that clip is, and again, it was hard to hear, um, was us communicating and asking questions of the spirits that are in the Millerage Inn. And Joe can explain this further as far as the different EVPs, because in our early days, we concentrated on white noise EVPs, which are just on a recorder. So, for instance, when I first started working with Joe, and I've always been open to things, but Joe had said to me, well, what are you going to use to interview people with? Um, because, you know, for the book, I have to have everything accurate. I have to transcribe and whatnot. So I showed him Radio Shack recorder and he said, well, I, I hope that you'll, you know, you understand that you may get the voice of a spirit leaving it. So I thought this was a little crazy. And it wasn't until the very first investigation that we had. Again, this is going back to Ghosts of Long Island. Joe was late. We were having some nor'easter. And I was in a house in Greenlawn that hadn't had any activity in it, you know, at all. We we're we're going to stop right there about. for a moment. Holy smokes. Okay, that's a cliffhanger. We're entering the yes, building. And we'll be back right at this. Everything I'll <laughs> do again to find out what the, what happened on uh, mm -hmm. everything I'll do again with exactly. uh, Carrie Ann Brocky. Listen, hauntedlongislandmysteries.com. Go there, find this book. You're going to want it for uh, a gift for the holidays and more. We'll be back right this. Everything all is new again. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. This is Anson Mount, and you're listening to Everything Old is New Again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Hey, hello, it's John Noble here. I'm, uh, I'm having a great time here with Douglas doing everything old is new again. We've had, we've had a great discussion and uh, you get a chance to look at it all sometime, brother. He's a very good interviewer. He asks some great questions. So have a look. Aha, uh -huh. we're showing off here on Everything Old is New Again to Carrie Ann Vronsky and Joe Giaquinto. And we're doing so because we're trying to dive into and find out all about Haunted Long Island Mysteries is the latest book. And by the way, if you want a 
signed uh, copy and personalized. Go to ghostsoflongisland.com and you can get one uh, right there and it's a great present as well. This is a story here that we left off a few moments ago uh, speaking about a visit that uh, Carrie Anya had to the uh, a home in Greenlawn. And then, of course, we're going to circle back to the what we heard there, the EVP from Millridge Inn. So let's uh, let's I'll, I'll just hand this off to you. Continue the story. OK, yeah, I, I thought I'd circle around. I, I definitely will circle back to Millridge, but I think it's important for people to understand what it was that they were listening to. So in this house in Greenlawn, this goes way back. This is 16 years ago. There was no uh, hauntings, no paranormal activity. And Joe wasn't even there. Okay, he was coming later and I was interviewing the people and I had the recorder in the center of the table. And when I played it back uh, about two weeks later, there was a voice of a little girl saying, hold me on the recorder as if she had picked it up and put it to her mouth and said, hold me in a loud whisper. And I played it for my husband. He almost had a heart attack. He's like, what is this? Who is this? And I said, I think it's one of these EVPs that Joe told me about. But you know what is interesting? That had to have happened at that time to me, because if it didn't, I would have always been second guessing Joe. I would have always thought that it was something he was doing uh, or creating or it was a trick. That is when I really said, you know what, this this is real. So Joe and I were doing white noise EVPs, which, again, you can't hear the EVPs until you play back the recording. With this book, however, and with the Milleridge those are ghost box recordings. We get information live time. And again, this is very hard to listen to in this, you know, what we're trying to do today. But what I encourage people to do, and Joe, I would like Joe to explain how it works with the real time. But what makes this book also interesting, besides taking the reader on the journey, is that it's interactive. As you read the chapters, most of the chapters have transcripts from our investigations with using the ghost box. So you can read the book and go onto the website, which will, if you scroll down, you'll see where it says EVPs and you could click on that and it will bring you to Joe's website and you could actually listen to the, the EVPs that we did live at these different places. So if people can't hear them on the show today, I definitely encourage people to go onto the website and check that out because we do this for for live audiences all the time. People are blown away by what we're able to get. So if it's okay with you, Douglas, I, I really would like Joe to explain the difference between the tool that we're using now, because we use limited equipment, but the ghost box um, has really been valuable for us with this book in particular. So if you wouldn't mind Joe explaining that and further, I think that would be helpful to our listeners. Yes, uh, uh, thank you. So, um, the in, as Carrie mentioned, the old white noise EVP recorders, the reason they call it white noise is there's different types of noises, and the white noise is the ambient noise of a room. So what the spirits do is they modulate their voice energy, which because they don't have vocal cords because they're spirits. So they modulate uh, that energy of the sound, the voices, on these waves, like a sine wave or something, like a radio wave. And then when you take the noise out, hopefully you have the voice. But there are different classes of these EVPs. Uh, the best one is, and the most audible one is a class A. Uh, most of them are class B or C. So if you hear it, you might hear something different than what I hear. With the ghost box, it's very different because the ghost box, the original ghost box or spirit box, is a radio, an AM, FM radio, where the wires have been hacked so that the scanner will just keep going from station to station without any regard for locking into a station if it's very good quality or it's a music or a talk show. Uh, 
And what the spirits do, they monkey with that scanner to stop the um, stop the scanner right at the words that someone is saying on the air. For example, let's say the weatherman is saying that tomorrow's going to be a beautiful day. And we ask the spirits, uh, what's heaven like? And they will stop the scanner right when the guy says, it's beautiful. See? And so what you get with the ghost box, not only can you hear what's going on right away, you don't have to play it back later, but you also, it's real-time communication, which makes it amazing for conversation with spirits because we can actually ask them a question, get a response, or they can comment on something we say, and then we can respond back to that in real time. And when I go in, into my lab and I use my music editor software, I can actually take out some of the dead air and some of the noise. And I can actually, when you get the final transcript, it's actually a human conversation and an intelligent one where they've given us a lot of information that validates what we've been thinking as well or researching. So it's really a great tool. And plus, when you add in Carrie Ann and I, our intuition and our research, it makes the story very viable, very credible and very enjoyable to listen to and, and read. Right. So when you go to hauntedlongislandmysteries.com. I believe there's a location, because I did it, I think that was the website I went to, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, it, it actually has, and it does take you to Joe's website, where there's a transcript for each of these EVPs, so you can follow along as well as to what is being said, so that takes mm -hmm. it to another dimension, which is great. Speaking of which, we go back to the Millridge <laughs> with Carrie Ann, and uh, what were we talking about there, what did we listen to, and what happened there? Right, so again, Elena was the banquet manager, and we... There is a girl, there's, a, there's multiple spirits and ghosts, and there is a difference between spirits and ghosts, by the way, uh, but there are multiple people in that, in that building. So we were trying to connect with the ones that Elena saw. She was sitting in her office one day and um, the restaurant was closed and her, rest, her office was right in the main dining room area. If, you're, if anyone's familiar with the Miller Gym, it's a big building. Um, it goes way back to even the 1600s when it was very a two-room house. But her office is off of the main dining room, but she has like an interior window where she could look out into the dining rooms. So it was a Monday in the summer many years ago, and she was in the building by herself, which she didn't really like because the doors on the second and the third floor would often open and close, and you'd hear them. So one day she's sitting in there, and the doors are opening and closing, and it's getting louder and louder as if every door was opening and closing. And she got very nervous. She tried to call someone who was on the other side of the property, you know, because they have that whole village and everything. The woman wasn't picking up the phone. And she's like, I, I'm getting really scared just being here and interviewing her. You could see she wasn't making this up. She was visibly upset. And all of a sudden, she looks out that interior window into the empty dining room, and she sees a shadow figure literally sprinting across the dining room. She was terrified. I mean, again, these things can't do anything to you, but when you're not used to seeing something like that, it's going to be frightening, especially if you're alone. So she decided to try to call the woman again to no avail. Then she took her cell phone, her pocketbook, and she made a run for it and got out of there. But so we don't really know who that shadow figure was or who was causing the doors to open and close. But some of the other employees uh, told us about a little girl that they see and that they believe that she it was a rumor that there was a girl that was burned in a fire in the house. So that was our conversation with Elena that day. We were trying to figure out who um, and make a connection as to who uh, it was. It was a little bit more difficult at the Milleridge because there are so many other spirits. 
Uh, some of our other ones, for instance, when Joe and I were at the Brewster House in Setauka, which is a goes back to the Revolutionary War. I'm going to stop you there because made, we have the clip. Yeah. Let's listen to the oh, Brewster House, okay. and we'll go right to there. So okay. is there anything you want to tell us about this house as we walk around? My name is Joe. What's your name? Robert. Okay, it's Caleb Brewster here. Amazing orbs upstairs in the attic of the Brewster house. All right, just, just so I can dive in there, we're hearing them respond, and we hear a spirit saying, wounded, they're all dead. Uh, we're hearing a, a spirit say his name, Robert. We're hearing a spirit say that uh, uh, Caleb Brewster is present, in essence. Uh, they're saying mm-hmm. thank you, and they are interacting. So uh, maybe we could dive into that for two minutes here, Carrie. Yeah, and, and again, definitely listen to this if you can. It's very I'm finding it very difficult to hear on uh, you know through the radio. So if they go onto the website, they could listen. Uh, Joe and I were in the house by by ourselves, and we had been walking around, and it has a great history to it. And we went up into the attic where we know that a lot of a lot of people had been sleeping there at one time, living there. And we were t- photographing, and we weren't getting anything. And we treat the spirits with respect because they're people. Okay, we're not demanding them to perform. We're not trying to to have anything happen. If we get things great, if we don't. We understand. So I had said to the spirits, uh, you know, we're doing this for educational purposes. Uh, we'd like to see if you can let us know that you're here. Give us some kind of a sign, you know, with our photographs. And as soon as I said that, immediately following that, Joe and I started photographing again in the same area. And we were getting orbs, which are light anomalies that are thought to be spirits from the other side. It's a way of that they use the energy from the cameras to present themselves. And Joe and I were snapping for at least a good uh, 30 seconds, and we got tons of orbs, and then it just stopped, and we were photographing and, and then nothing else. And that's how you know that it's not a dust particle or anything else like that. So when we did this ghost box session with them, we said to them, you know, thank you for, for presenting yourselves with the orbs. We had a lot of orbs, and then we were trying to figure out who was with us. And Caleb Brewster was obviously part of the um, – Culper spy ring, as was, we believe, Robert Townsend was the one who was speaking to us because there was a connection there. So that sort of validated things for us being able to get the orbs and then have the playback with the ghost box recording. So that was that was really an interesting one. Yeah, and you can actually learn more about the history of that particular house and see the orbs and so forth. There's pictures in the book and so forth besides the EVPs at ghostsoflongisland.com. That's ghostsoflongisland.com. We'll be back right after this and everything old's new again to discuss more. Carrie Ann Flanagan Brosky and Joe Giaquinto. Now, back to America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show. Everything old is new again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Hi, this is Aaron Gray, and you're listening to Old is New Again with Douglas Viviani. Hey, this is John Delancey, and I am listening to Everything Old is New Again with Douglas Viviani. Ah, there we go. We are back here with Kerry and Flanagan, Brosky and Joe Giaquinto. Joe is a Star Trek fan, so Joe, quick question. Do you recognize John Delancey and uh, where he's from? 
Yes, I do. Isn't he the famous Q? He's Q himself. We had him on for two shows, and hopefully have him back. He's going to be on uh, Picard in season two oh, that's coming great. up. Which leads us to a question here, because, uh, Joe, we were talking off the air that the spirits do, of course, keep their humanity in some level, uh, so to speak, yes. where they, if they're a Star Trek fan, so to speak, they um, they keep that and could communicate in some way uh, with you and, and with Kerry and, uh, and all of us that way. And we can listen to what they have to say better than we're listening here on we're doing the best we can on the air but if you buy this book go into ghostsoflongisland.com and follow for an evp you put your headset on you will have access to of course the transcript but also if you put your headset on you can hear this so much better than you're just listening to us as we speak correct joe yes that's right yeah it's um there's the there is some frequency loss because again these are the spirits are making these voices through noise through pieces of of conversation off the air so sometimes uh, the acoustics of the room or uh, going over the air copying the sound over through the system uh, you lose some but yeah you will definitely hear them if you play them directly off the website and uh, and the reason some people say why do you put the transcript there why don't you just let me see what i get and I always use the analogy, well, let's say you were getting on an airliner and you were going to fly from New York to L.A., but and the pilot suddenly appeared out of the cockpit and said, uh, I'm going to go get some coffee. Um, uh, gentlemen in row 1A, would you would you fly the plane? It's, I don't know anything about flying a 747. We want people to enjoy these recordings and have the same experience because that's a key thing in Carrie Ann's book is, is that it is interactive. And we want them to not worry about trying to hear every noise and sound, but we want to see what the message of the spirit is. Right. It gets you It gets you right there. There's no doubt about it. And uh, uh, there's one here from Huntington, Long Island, my hometown. And uh, Carrie Ann gives just a smidge of the story behind this, and then we'll hear the end of the EVP where the spirit is confirming certain things about being on a farm and so forth. Okay. Every once in a while, I will get someone that will contact me, or same with Joe, saying that they are having issues in their house that they don't understand. And, um, you know, they'll, or they're trying to find history of their house. And so I had this uh, young woman contact me and she lived in a house and her, um, she had uh, like a, an attic apartment that she had another woman living in. And the woman who lived upstairs had a, an older dog that would sometimes get into trouble, okay, and, and be upset when the woman was working. She was a school teacher. This is the other woman now. And so she had put a camera in her upstairs apartment just to keep an eye on the dog when she wasn't home. And she would discover all these strange things. She would see orbs flying around and hear different voices and things. And uh, and the same thing with the owner of the house started getting, you know, some, some paranormal things going on. So Joe and I went there and I, I really didn't tell him anything. The, the woman who owned the house was in her 30s and uh, she had lost her husband. OK, or, or she was in her early 40s, actually. So she had lost her husband. I did not tell this to Joe. And when we went there, I got there first and I told her that I said, I, I told Joe, I didn't tell him anything. So he came into the house and seeing, you know, that there was uh, she has a daughter. There were children's things around. The, the, the girl was not home. So Joe sort of surmised, well, she's married and has a child. So assumed. But then as we're walking around, Joe's like, I don't know, there's this man that keeps following me. He died when he was 40 years old. But he was like, he, and all of a sudden, Joe stops and he says, did you lose your husband? And she said, I did. From that point on, he was communicating with Joe. 
And we stood there and I just let Joe do his thing. Joe said, did you change the room around? Was this the room that we're in now? Was this the dining room? And you made this into the living room, vice versa? And she said, yes, I, I, I did. And then I went over to, I, I had my electronic, um, my ghost meter. So I was holding that, nothing was going on with that. And when I went to a certain chair, um, it started going off. And I said, I wonder why it's going off here. And Joe then told me, he said, was this your husband's chair? Because he's telling me that it was. And then we went upstairs and we had gotten, you know, some things up there as well. Um, so it's really amazing for us, again, to incorporate this other aspect of Joe's mediumship into it, which when you watch these other ghost shows, they're not they're not mediums. They're not able to do this kind of thing. So to be able to concentrate on that story, and, and that's why I like to put a private home in here or there, because it's not ghosts and spirits are not just limited to historical properties. I would say nine out of 10 people have had experiences in their life that they can't explain. And the communication that we had with her husband and the tenant's husband who died tragically, which Joe also picked up on, brought them so much comfort that they didn't want us to leave. We were there for hours. And uh, so it was a very positive experience for them and very validating as well. Let's just hear a clip of it. It's a small little part of it. Let's just, I know we're going to widen the horizons here a little bit. Just kind of stay tuned uh, and and try the best you can to listen to what we have here. We would like to know more about the history. Was this a farm? Is this a dairy farm? That's right. That's right. There were cows here. At the end, there's keep the property. We uh, interpret that in what way? Mm -hmm. Um, That we believe because she was debating whether or not she should sell. And it was her husband's property originally, and he loved it. And uh, we believe that it was him telling her to keep the property. That's amazing. Now, Joe, how did you uh, develop this uh, capability to hear, so to speak, and I don't know if you see, but at least feel the presence of those who have passed? Well, that's it. That's it. That's interesting because when I do my events or I go out and do readings, people always ask that. And I tell them, we all have this ability. There's nothing special about what I do. Um, anybody that claims that they're better than anyone and they've got this special gift and only they have it, uh, they're just not being truthful because we all have this. We, uh, we all are spirits in basically a rental car body if you want to think of it that way. So with a driver, when the body dies, the driver goes on to the next life. Um, so the body is just a tool that we use that our spiritual, our soul uses. And so with that idea, uh, developing it is really just a matter of practicing it, using it, and focusing on using it, and tuning in to all of the data that we get from this sort of spiritual internet that's going on all day long. Uh, it's always interesting when I ask the members in my groups to journal their experiences. I've done it myself. And within five minutes of journaling something, I start getting things. Uh, here's a quick, funny story. Uh, so during the hurricanes that we had, when we had Hurricane Sandy, Hurricane Wilma, I remember uh, the local TV station was doing uh, weather coverage on 
on Hurricane Wilma over and over again, you know, know before you go. And finally, I, I came in the room, my parents were there in the, in the kitchen, and I said, Hurricane Wilma, Hurricane Wilma, where's Fred? You know, Fred Flintstone. And, and so I sat down and I flipped the remote up one channel, and it was a Midas commercial where Fred Flintstone was bringing in his Stone Age vehicle for a muffler. Now, you can't make that up. So, I, again, I think it's just a matter of tuning in and practicing how to read the energy of the spirit and just determining that you're not going to be afraid of it, that it's a natural occurrence, that we're all spirits, some have bodies, and some don't. Yeah, no, I was going to say I could attest to that, but I, I do think that certain people are more apt or prone to it. Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, because there are levels of this, because I never considered myself a medium. I still do not consider myself a medium. But having done this work for 16 years, having investigated well over 100 places, I have been developing certain aspects as Claire sentience, being able to feel the spirits. And I have developed some Claire audience with certain spirits that are good communicators. There is a gift that people have of mediumship that are supposed to be doing this type of work. So I think what Joe is trying to say is that we all have somewhat of an ability if we tune ourselves into it to be able to communicate. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to just just finish on that. Gary Ann's right. I mean, it's a balance. I, I think it's it's like anything, like some people are, are born athletes, but I do think everyone does have this ability. And Carrie Ann also humbles herself. She's gotten some great EVPs. She's gotten some She's got some great hits during our investigation. So I think that's what what makes her and I uh, a good team, because we don't go in there trying to prove or disprove. We're not going in there with an ego to try to get the thrill of the how great you know we are. I think we're just going into solve somebody's problem and figure out, put the pieces of the puzzle together and build a story that the spirit is and the, the, the historic location is trying to give us. That's why it makes her book so uh, amazing. I just enjoyed all these book projects with her. Which is great. And, going uh, with an open mind and a, and, and a mutual respect and, and take a look at Ghosts of Long Island. You got to spell it out, ghostsoflongisland.com. And you can find this and more information on uh, haunted Long Island mysteries and more. We'll be back right this in the last section on Everything Old's New Again. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Hey, it's Dr. Peter Weller. I'm here with my friends David Cohen and Douglas Viviani on Everything Old is New Again. One of my favorite shows, and I may, I may not be the most interesting man in the world, but I'm one of them. Hi, this is Tom Dreesen. After 50 years of stand-up comedy, there's nothing I enjoy more than listening to Everything Old is New Again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. How about that? Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. We are with... Carrie Ann Flanagan, Broski, and Joe Giaquinto, and we're diving into and investigating haunted Long Island mysteries. More than that, if you're interested in this, is Ghosts of Long Island, stories of the paranormal. There's Ghosts of Long Island, too. More stories of the paranormal. There's historic haunts of Long Island. There's historic crimes of Long Island, all of which, very simply, go to ghostsoflongisland.com. And or of course you can go to uh, to Amazon. Uh, these books are well worth it. They're interactive uh, investigations into the paranormal that I think you really would uh, would would really enjoy now and uh, and any time that you're uh, you know you're looking for something that's different that you have an open mind to investigate the hereafter and what it's all about. And Joe, let me ask you that question: Why are 
these spirits either still here or you know wanting to communicate what's what's the point from their point of view if you if you know i think they all have different purposes most times they have a message they want to give us and because they need a communicator a channeler or someone like Carrie Ann and i who are doing this research uh, they they know that they have an opportunity to get their story to us uh, in other cases uh, spirits and as Carrie mentioned, there's a difference between spirits and ghosts. Uh, ghosts are more place-centered, more remnants, residual energy that's left over, where spirits generally are more mobile, and they are people who've passed, and they, they are the ones that will com- actually communicate with us. So I think that the spirits uh, generally look to give us some sort of message. Uh, they always have an agenda. They're people, and people always have an agenda. We do things based on our needs, based on our desires, our goals, and, and many times, for example, uh, a famous historical spirit might just want us to know that they're okay, that they made it to the other side, and maybe they want to help us with our, with our historic story uh, and validate some of the things that we've researched through oral history or uh, books and library research. Okay, and sometimes yeah. they may want to uh, just communicate for, per- as you say, for personal reasons, such as one here I have is very interesting: the Sundance Stable. Let's just listen to this for a moment. Yes. and dive into that. Yes, it's great. Becca, if you're here, say hi. Yeah. Here, you hear her say here. Yeah. What was your favorite horse's name, Becca? Shooter. Shooter. Is that a horse's name? Yeah, she hated Shooter. Yeah. She hated Shooter. That's right. Jeannie, want to ask her something? Becca, how is Shooter doing with me? How are we doing riding? Perfect. Perfect. Okay, good. Which is not true. Perfect. Okay. What movie is that from? That guy is just Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? That song? Yeah. Not bad. Talk to your father. Hi, Dad. Did you hear that? Hi, Dad. Okay, so we'll go into this in a moment, but just so I can yes. uh, summarize, it sounds to me, at the very least, that someone passed away, loves a particular song, play, as of course has a sense of humor before that, and uh, played a particular song that uh, to her family member uh, would mean something to her individually to kind of show that she is here. And uh, and to me, the way I've read that in the book and the way I read, read that in, in the interpretation of, of the EVP in my world is at the very least she was just trying to communicate and say, I'm here, I'm still who I was, I still have a sense of humor, I have a connection because I've showed you about this particular horse that I loved, this song that I loved, and by the way, hi, Dad, uh, and so forth. Is is that sort of the message yes, of this one? That's that's it. Yes, yeah. you you got it, Douglas. And the Rebecca story is one is to me the most powerful story in the book. I end the book with that. Our, our original it was actually part of another story um, on Sundance Stable out in Manorville, which has had a lot of paranormal activity as far as uh, apparitions and things like that. But Rebecca Weisbard uh, was a very, very talented rider on her way to the uh, Olympics. And um, she died in a tragic riding accident in 2016 at the age of 22. And it was um, a very powerful story discussing this with her parents and the communication that they have had with her 
since her passing. And people get worried like, oh, well, if you have communication, then that means that maybe they're not in heaven. I mean, I'm a Catholic, so I believe that the afterworld is heaven, but whatever your belief is. Uh, but they are. They're where they're supposed to be, That, but they want to still be a part of our world and let us know that they're fine and that they do know what's going on. And the communication that they have had, that Joe has had, and that I have had with Rebecca has been incredible. She literally was in my office with me when I was writing the story. And I called Joe. I said, either I'm losing my mind or Rebecca Weisbart's in my office. And I could hear her. Um, again, she's a very good communicator. And um, I wrote some, I jotted down some things that I thought I heard her say. And I called her mother up and I said, I just need to know, is this, you know, something she would say? And there was silence on the phone. And then her mother said, my daughter was in your office. She says, it's it's remarkable. And to get the story out, to keep her life alive, uh, because the whole point of the story, too, is that, yes, it was a life cut short, but it was a life that was still well lived and that continues. And it brought so much comfort to her family and to anyone who has read the book who has lost someone. It's it's painful because we want the physical. We want to hug them. We want to see them. And that's not possible. But they do know what's going on in our worlds. And they can be standing right next to us sometimes and we don't even know. And I'd, I'd like to just add one quick thing, which we've never really talked about before, Carrie Ann. But what we do enables the spirit, like Rebecca, to continue her work in this physical world, even though she's physically not here. That, in fact, as a perfect example, her family has started a fundraising uh, effort for her called Ride for Becca. And because of Becca's interaction, I think that has motivated the family to continue this work. And it's gotten other people interested because through the book, people said, wow, that's interesting. I should check out the I should check out their their fundraiser because it th- that fundraiser is geared to help uh, bring in uh, young riders who normally wouldn't be able to afford the training necessary to compete in these in these different uh, competitions. So I think that's one side benefit of the spirits communicating with us is that they can continue giving their input and helping people on this earthly plane where they have a different, the spirits have a bigger perspective. They could see the forest over the trees. And they also can present to us, in some ways people need proof, right? And, and that, uh, what we just heard there, um, it provides, at least for the immediate family, if not for all of those with an open mind. Definitely grieving and comfort. Right, and the idea that there is uh, something beyond this and that uh, that you still live on. So I think that's another uh, wonderful message that you can get from Haunted Long Island Mysteries. And uh, if you want a signed and personalized copy, feel free to go to ghostsoflongisland.com, ghostsoflongisland.com, and you can get Carrie Ann Flanagan-Broski to, to do that. And it's well worth it. And, and while you're there and or on Amazon, I think what will happen is I think if you haven't read these before, you're going to read and interact with this book on the computer. You're going to look at the photographs. You're going to hear this show. You're going to go ahead and uh, look at Amazon and say, wait a minute, what about Ghosts of Long Island 1 and 2? What about historic haunts of Long Island? What about historic crimes? And by the way, just because they're on Long Island, that's just because that's where we are. doesn't mean that this doesn't happen all over the country and all over the right. world. Uh, right. So it's it's um, it's it's such an interesting uh, uh, thing because here on Long Island, Long Island uh, the last thing, Carrie Ann, is, is that, you know, you're a historian. 
do review the history of lots of these places. There's so many more than we've gone through here. And and just to see, you know, the, the interaction uh, with historical, so to speak, figures, uh, people that have lived on these particular properties make it uh, come alive even more because you hear their background and you hear how they passed away maybe and they're telling you that or something about slave trading and so, and so forth. Uh, it's a very interesting book that covers history as well. If you could speak to that just for a moment, you know? Yes, yes. I, I mean, that's what it is. I always say I'm a historian first, a ghost investigator second. And again, what better way to teach local history than through a ghost story? But yeah, the stories are fascinating, no matter where you live. You don't have to live on Long Island to enjoy these these histories and things. And uh, it really is a remarkable you know, way to preserve our history and to get it down in the written form for generations to uh, read about. I've had parents come up to me. I mean, this is an adult book, but parents have said to me, thank you for writing this book because my children are learning local history because it's interesting. You know, it's not just what you see in a history book. It's it's a story. I've incorporated into an actual story with, you know, back and forth dialogue. And uh, and then the paranormal aspect just really rounds it out and brings it all together. Yeah, we did the same thing. I brought uh, Angelica to one of your lectures yes, at a local library. Did. Unfortunately, we had to go mm-hmm. to, to Girl Scouts thereafter, so we had to leave a little mm-hmm. early. But uh, I'm going on to ghostsoflongisland.com to get a personalized and a few others, even though I have mine right here. Uh, right. <laughs> I'll give that as a gift, and I'm going to return. That's uh, right. Mine they personalized. make great gifts. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. So, ghostoflongisland.com. Angelica, I was just going to say, Angelica, 12-year-old, did relate as well very much to the mm-hmm. stories and was very Good. interested. So, it's, uh, it's it crosses all boundaries and all, all uh, ages. So, Haunted, Long Island Mysteries and More from Carrie Ann Flanagan Brosky. Thank you so much for spending the time. Joe Giaquinto, medium investigator, thank you for spending the time. It's been a, a pleasure to have you on. Everything old is new again. And again, ghostoflongisland.com. Thanks so much, Douglas. Thank you, Doug. It's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to the next one. And we'll have you back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Great show. Thank you. Enjoy. We'll be back next week. Everything old is new again. All your fun entertainment, pop culture right here. 